raising money is not easy. You really have to just be in beast mode and kind of have this like get it done attitude in this environment and stay incredibly positive and just having complete conviction in your product and your team to get this across the line. Hey, this is Jesse here, and you're about to hear my discussion with Megan Lanham from Rhythm, which is a personalized predictive analytics tool for sports betting. In this episode, Megan talks about how her 10-year career as a Division I basketball coach helped prepare her to compete in business, how Rhythm is using complex mathematical models to help people make smarter betting decisions in an intuitive user experience, and her advice to other entrepreneurs raising capital in the current environment after successfully closing a $2 million seed round this past spring. I really enjoyed this conversation with Megan, and I hope you do too. But before we get going, G2E is coming up in just over a month, and I have two quick things to pass along. First, the Challenger Series Summit is coming to Las Vegas before G2E kicks off, and this can't-miss event for industry founders and senior executives alike. Co-hosted by GeoComply and City, the Challenger Series Summit is a unique networking opportunity to learn from U.S. iGaming founders and entrepreneurs who will be sharing the hacks, tips, and tricks to achieve high growth. RSVP to attend the Las Vegas Summit on October 8th before G2E kicks off, which you can do by visiting www.geocomply.com. I also want to mention that bettingstartups.com is an official media partner of this year's G2E, and this means that we're able to offer you a free Expo Hall Pass to the event. Look in the episode show notes for the registration link and promo code to claim your free ticket, and I'll look forward to seeing you there. All right, we are back on the Betting Startups podcast for our last episode before the 2023 NFL regular season kicks off. The excitement and anticipation is high for everyone building within the betting and fan engagement space. And that includes today's guest on the podcast, which is Megan from Rhythm. And Megan, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. I know it's a crazy time for you and your team right now as you prepare to launch your NFL product, which of course we'll talk about in a few minutes here. But first things first, how are you feeling and how are you holding up here at the starting line of the 2023 season? Oh, thanks, Jesse, for having me. This is just an amazing podcast, and we've been a big fan since and you started doing this. So the insights have been amazing. Um, in terms of how I'm feeling, I mean, it's crunch time, it's pressure, and there's no other place I'd rather be. So we're feeling really good. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, when we had our prep call last week, you know, you jumped onto that call. I think you ran literally from uh, some QA testing you and the team were doing. So, I mean, you're sitting there right now and you know, deep into it, getting ready and really excited to unpack everything you and the team are up to. But, you know, let's just start at the beginning here, Megan. Could you give folks listening a bit of a sense of your background up until co-founding Rhythm? Yeah, I started my career coaching Division One basketball. I did that for over 10 years and then transitioned into the business world. I joined a startup, your typical a few of us in the basement situation. Uh, it was a life science staffing company. Uh, founder had an idea. She wanted to commercialize it. So we took a novel idea to the market, grew the company, expanded it to Europe, and we sold that company in 2017 to a private equity firm for a nice exit. Then the founder left and I became the CEO as part of the succession plan. Um, from there, the PE firm wanted to create a conglomerate and sell it in five years. So we went and started purchasing companies and, and did just that, became a conglomerate. By the end, I was running two portfolio companies. We sold again in 2022. Um, so I've had a, a really great journey of building things and being around big visions and execution and you know, ultimately being in the orbit of just amazing people. 
Awesome. And as far as, I guess, the origins of Rhythm Go, I'd love to uh, zoom in on that a little bit as well. And I know you spent some time at MIT, obviously, and understand the origins of Rhythm kind of came out from your time there. Mm -hmm. I'd love to maybe just zoom in on that, Megan, and and if you could share with folks a bit about your time there and, and just sort of how Rhythm emerged for you. Yeah. When I became the CEO, I really wanted more analytical training. So I had this like crazy idea of going to MIT and getting into their MBA program, which happened in there were days definitely where I was like, what have I done? Um, going to school and running a company and doing mergers and acquisitions. But ultimately, um, it was the most amazing time of my life. And during my time at MIT, as you mentioned, this is where Rhythm was born. I was in a data models and decisions class. Very uh, famous called DMD. Um, we were doing predictive modeling for various companies, including my own. And... I had a moment in class where I literally just stopped listening and started writing. And I was thinking about, I mean, thinking back about how I made decisions as a coach and the math that we were using. And then I had also, you know, I had done some betting after coaching. And I was just thinking about how I could use predictive models that I was learning in class to bet on games and really was like, who's using this? And so I started researching, doing some research and obviously um, it was, you know, the professional sports bettors and the sharps that were using predictive models to make their decisions. And they had a team of quants, a data scientist running models all day. And that's really where I started to think about, wow, wouldn't this be really cool? This is incredibly complex. There's not a lot of quants out there in the world. How amazing would it be if we could, you know, put that complexity on the back end for a user and do all of the nerdy math and, and machine learning that's necessary to build these models? And on the front end, build something that's incredibly intuitive and that could take your gut feeling or your instinct and quantify it and build that, you know, match that into our algorithm and then have it list out. Here are the games that exist today based on the model you created. Here's a positive expected value. Here's the win probability. And then, of course, we we built on from there. But that was really the origin of, of rhythm and I was fortunate to be at MIT where innovation, it happens there every day. And obviously people are, are doing more than helping sports bettors um, make better decisions. Um, but ultimately, I was able to get into a, a, a lab, an idea lab, and really build the framework for rhythm in terms of the technology needed, the marketing approach and operations of the startup. So just an incredible value experience. Awesome. No, that's a great story. And I'd love to maybe just start with a high concept overview. If you could give folks listening a bit of a sense of, you know, what, what is it, uh, maybe who is it mm-hmm. for, and just what's the overall value proposition to them? Yeah, Rhythm is a personalized predictive analytics platform for sports betting. We enable sports bettors to effortlessly build their own analytical models, then receive those models' predictions and picks for every game, helping them really streamline their betting research and make smart decisions. As for who it's for, it's for any better who has ever really kind of paid for picks, spent hours researching their bets, um, like ask their friends, who do you have tonight? Have their own opinions and what factors are important in a game, but have really no way of evaluating if that's true or quantify, being able to quantify that. It's also for those who have gone as far as trying to teach themselves modeling, um, but it's been become frustrated by the complexity or, or learning the skill. Um, we also have people that are scraping their own data, um, but eventually th- there's expense to it. There's time to it. So it's really for all those types of betters work for people that want an easier and faster way to 
make a smart betting decision or for people who want a simpler way to build and utilize predictive models. And then you said, you know, what's the value prop? And the value prop is that we're providing access to incredibly complex analytical models, typically reserved for, like I mentioned, the throws or the sharps and putting them into the hands of our users, uh, really enabling them to have a, a personalized and simplified betting experience. Awesome. And then can you give some context as to, you know, where Rhythm's at in the journey right now? I mean, I know obviously the NFL is about to kick off and we'll talk about your NFL product, which we'll be launching shortly, but I guess just the road traveled so far. Can you give us a sense of some of the progress, maybe traction uh, you and the team have seen so far? Yeah. So we launched our beta product a year ago. That was college football last season. Um, then we launched men's, bat- men's college basketball. We launched a March Madness bracket generator. Um, which was incredibly fun and, and successful. And then we went right into launching the NBA, which happened to be during playoffs, and then the W, the WNBA. Um, and so this past year, we've really been focused on fine-tuning our models um, and the product and just collecting a lot of user feedback. Um, and since that time, you know, our users have tracked over 70,000 bets. Um, which has produced it over those 70,000 bets, it's produced a positive ROI, which we are really excited for. Um, and now, like you mentioned, we're preparing for um, to launch our subscription tiers, which is our core and premium, uh, alongside the release of NFL and, and college football in the coming weeks. Awesome. So, I mean, as you just mentioned, Rhythm is a fundamentally a subscription-based product. So you know, it, it sits fairly neatly within, you know, what we call sort of the betting tools ecosystem of which there's, you know, a number of different tools out there for different use cases. And I'm curious, I guess, as you looked at the business model for Rhythm and, and sort of the go-to-market plan as a B2C product, you know, how do you sort of model the TAM or the total addressable market of this segment? And I guess ultimately what I'm wondering, Megan, is, you know, how many people do you think ultimately will be willing to pay for a tool like Rhythm? Sure. So here's what our research um, indicated that the market as a whole is it will be at 150 billion by 2013. And we expect the market for betting tools, which are also referred to as engagement tools, to kind of rise simultaneously. Um, We've seen with like the recent acquisitions and and closures in the industry, the market is primed for disruption and tools like ours and are going to prove valuable, like not only to the better, but also to the books and media outlets and we really want to provide the consumer with a better product. So the TAM, we look at it once 150 billion. The SAM, the service, serviceable addressable market is right around 71 billion. And then we think that within that, the SOM, that you know, obtainable market, if you will, is right around 3.5 billion. So um, it, it's, it's a large market, which we're excited about. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I'm curious, uh, and I ask this with most guests that do have a B2C product, you know, obviously user acquisition is, is one of the biggest challenges. I mean, it's a saturated space and just competing for people's attention generally is very challenging and it's costly and all of these things. I'm just curious, again, from a go-to-market perspective, how are you and the team thinking about user acquisition? Maybe what are some of the tactics or strategies you're looking at to deploying to, to drive some of the initial usage? Sure. So we're working with like hyper-targeted advertisers and influencers to make sure anyone making bets knows about Rhythm. Um, we're integrating Rhythm data into content streams and betting routines of influencers. So their audience will learn organically how to integrate Rhythm into their own betting routine. We also have a great 
looking at an even better functioning platform. And that's our main goal. And so we're confident that by building a platform that provides tons of utility to the better in a simple format, that will disrupt the kind of archaic way people have been making their bidding decisions. So I, I guess like in a nutshell, you know, we're focusing on a very targeted marketing approach. We have strategic partnerships in the mix as we speak. And then our t- exceptional user experience will drive our growth in this initial launch. And then there's, there's, there's more to come in our marketing uh, strategy as well. Awesome. And I don't want to get away from the fact that, you know, you're, you're very much focused on B2C, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a little bit about just B2B as well. And look, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's other companies out there doing modeling in different sort of capacities and they are packaging these up as B2B offerings and, you know, thinking about rhythms models that it's creating and mm-hmm. packaging up as a B2C offering. Do you see opportunity to extend into B2B at some point in the future? Just sort of how are you thinking about that at this stage? So, yes. So at the core, you know, our commitment is B2C. However, there are opportunities. One, of course, is affiliate marketing, which we already have launched. Um, so there are, we have sports books that are available on our site where you can get, you know, bonuses and discounts. But then there are really a few interesting ones that have come to light, you know, uh, organically. One of them is providing insights data and talking points to sports analysts. So we've been approached about doing that already. Um, so we're working on that as right now. Um, we're also building a B2B product. Again, this was an organic situation. We were approached by a really cool company that are more in the pick'em industry, if you will, and essentially parking something on their site that has data powered by rhythm or analytics powered by rhythm. We built our MVP for that. Now, I don't want to really say a whole lot more about it because it's incredibly cool and it's and we're going to test it soon. Um, but we have so much data and analytics that we know we have a product that can sit on sites and really help people have access to more kind of betting research at the tips of their hands without having to go to a zillion sites to get it. So we want to make sure we simplify that process as well and help other companies, you know, build that for other companies. Awesome. Let's talk about NFL now, right? I mean, it's about to kick off. Yes. You and the team have been hard at work uh, getting ready for it. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, first of all, you know, for the NFL season, what people can expect to see from the product perspective? And maybe a second part to the question would be, you know, fast forward a few months to the end of NFL season. You know, what would a successful NFL season look like for Rhythm? So let's talk about what's available for the NFL. So right now, if you've been using our product, we've had our core version out. We are putting out now our premium version. So there'll be two types of subscriptions one can purchase. So for the NFL, which we're really excited about, we, we've, during this last year, talking to our users, we really had two different types of users. One that wanted more quick access, that wanted us to do a lot of the work, if you will, and the modeling, which is fine that we have this core product for you. You can take your instincts and weight those instincts. And within less than a minute, it'll have predictions available for you. We've prefabricated those factors. So we'll have factors like offense, behind offense, our data scientists and quants, have already looked at all the significant data and they understand what should be behind offense. So they prefabricated offense for you. Now, what you need to do is say, is offense important? If it is, you weight it. And there's other factors you can weight. And then you do that and you build your model. And with under a minute, you have created um, a personalized, simplified model. Now for the NFL, you can do that. Uh, but, but our next iteration is we had a lot of people that wanted to get behind the scenes and they wanted to know what's behind the offensive factor, what's behind defense, what's behind tempo, 
And that's our secret sauce for those. But they wanted to build their own. And so we built that for them. So now you can get into a premium version and say, you know what? I think fumbles per possession is important. I think touchdowns per drive is important. I think rushing the quarterback is important. Things in that nature. There's a whole library of statistics. And you get to choose those libraries, build your own factors, and then be able to build a model with your own theory. In addition, if you still want our prefabricated factors, you can add those in. That's, that's right there. So we, we, we now have two different versions out for the NFL. That's really, we, we could not be more excited about. Awesome. And I'm not going to, well, I guess I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, yeah. Any early predictions as to who will be in the Super Bowl in February and who will actually win it? <laughs> I mean, my prediction is the Chiefs, which is not some amazing prediction. I, dip- I understand that, but I'll, I won't even go to where saying who the other one is, but that's who All comes right. to mind. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I also want to spend a couple of minutes here, Megan, just talking about the R&D journey to develop models. And look, I mean, as you talked about at the outset here, the whole idea of, of modeling is, you know, pretty foreign to most people. And I'm just wondering if you can sort of like demystify, I guess, the, the process to create a model, to build a model, and obviously, you know, package up and commercialize a product that these models feed. And I'm just thinking a little bit about some of the challenges that might go into that, least of which is provisioning the data that feeds the model. Can you just sort of give listeners a bit of a sense of, of what goes into adding support for a new sport or a new league? And just, again, observing that Rhythm is, is rolling leagues out sequentially here rather than launching a bunch at once. Obviously, that sort of suggests that there is a lot of heavy lifting to stand up a new league. Can you just sort of, again, like pull back the curtain on, on what that looks like from your and the team's perspective? Yeah. Sure. Um, so first, it, it is becoming easier for us to add new sports. Like we've been able to really refine our engineering process. So each sport gets added like methodically from a modeling and data science perspective. So from an engineering perspective, the process has gotten easier to add sports as, we, as we've moved along. Of course, adding NBA after men's college basketball was an easier lift as it compared to like a completely new sport. One main challenge that we've faced from a technical perspective is maintaining the, the customization of the models while also ensuring the models are predictive and provide value. So we, we let our users, you know, guide the modeling process, but we also don't want it to be like finding a needle in a haystack to build a positive EV model using rhythm. So additionally, like building predictive models while also returning results uh, to users quickly has been a little bit of a challenge. Um, like if you think about many of the modern machine learning techniques, those can take hours to train predictive models, um, but our product produces new models for users in a matter, matter of minutes. And that really took our engineering and data science team to, you know, it really took them time to optimize that. So this year has been so valuable for us because uh, we've been able to build a framework for team sports. Um, we've been able to shrink something that would take two hours to build down to minutes to build. We've been able to figure out the way to, like I mentioned, that this wouldn't be, we have to just keep trying to build models to find this positive EV. We've figured out ways to help people in that process. And then without getting too nerdy, you know, like there's also, then you have to think about, there's a reason why our product roadmap has been laid out with team sports, because then now we're thinking about individual sports and think about tennis, think about golf. And even really MLB falls into that because of the pitching. Just the heavily reliance on pitchers when you come when it comes to modeling. We're building that as we speak. There are definitely crossover pieces that you can use when you're building these models, but 
first the team, we needed to get the team down and now we'll move on to more, you know, individual sport, if you will. Awesome. Let's shift gears a little bit here. I want to talk about the fundraising side of all of this as well. And obviously it requires resources to invest in bringing in the engineers and talent you need to build the types of models that you're building. So just to maybe contextualize things, can you just uh, give listeners a quick sense of the fundraising journey to date? Um, you know, how much you've raised, maybe who's on the cap table and just sort of how you've been, I guess, investing the funds thus far. Sure. So we've raised in the past year, we've raised 3.725 million with the last round being the 2 million, which was a priced seed round. Our cap table is comprised of Boston Seed, Counterview, Accomplice, and several other BC firms, along with some angel investors. Our cap table is fantastic and full of knowledge. The three I mentioned were the ones that wrote DraftKings, their first check and believed in their vision. So couldn't say enough great things about our cap table and how helpful they've been this past year. And then in terms of where the funds go, they'll go, they, where they've gone and where they'll go, it's very straightforward, hiring incredibly talented engineers, purchasing data and marketing. And, you know, as you mentioned, the, the last round earlier this year, the $2 million priced seed round. You know, you raised that at a time where obviously sort of the capital markets were going through a rapid transformation, I'll call it charitably. And, you know, looking back now on some of the data that at least I've been tracking through Q1 and Q2 this year, new fundings within the wider betting space were, were you know, quite anemic, I guess we'll call it for Q1 and Q2. So, you know, yes. to some extent, rhythm is a little bit of a contrarian there. You were actually able to sort of close that round and get on with things. But I'm curious, Megan, you know, given the success you've had during an otherwise challenging time, is there any particular advice or insights you're able to share with other industry founders who might be currently trying to raise money in this environment? Yeah, it's been, I mean, number one, find investors that understand your industry. Be relentless. Like, look, you need to use those no's as a way to fuel your fire. Um, I hate to lose. So for me, like a no is kind of like, let me show you like a chip. And, and, and really, sometimes that isn't even really fair for me to make that a chip if somebody said no, because from what I've heard from some PC firms, like they were getting pressure from their LPs to invest in different stages of companies. So that worked for me is that was just like, they just fueled my fire. I moved on I got better. And I would also say like with that, you've got to have a bit of a you know, the sports analogy and, and, and baseball, like the batter's mentality, like the next one's mine, that next pitch. So, you know, raising money is not easy. You really have to just be in beast mode and kind of have this like get it done attitude in this environment and stay incredibly positive and believe in your just having complete conviction in your product and your team to get this across the line. Yeah. And you mentioned something in there I actually want to ask a little bit about as well, which is the metaphors that we often hear in business that are derived from sports. And I, I wanted to ask you, especially given your background as a basketball coach, what are some of the similarities that you've experienced between sort of leading a team on the court versus leading a team in the business arena? And sort of like, how do you draw those parallels given that you have deep experience in both forms? It's ridiculously similar. And I when I left basketball, I wondered how my skills would transition. And I can tell any coach out there, like you will transition very well into the business world because what you're doing really is a business. And there's just just incredible advantage points of having that background. But for me, both required, I should say, both required like the ability to set a vision, to see strengths and weaknesses in each team member. You have to be adaptable. You have to make decisions at times with limited information. And ultimately you have to deliver results. You know, you get a set of winning culture and that starts with surrounding yourself with the best, like people that work hard, people that are curious, 
and that had this really competitive spirit, um, which is, is, you know, can be hard to find. And then I always say like, yeah, you have a playbook, but you have to allow the superstars to call like, you know, their audibles and empower them to see things that maybe others can't and go do it and, and cheer them on. So, you know, I always, I'm like, you know, brilliance can happen when you have a great strategy, talented people, and that have the confidence to innovate. And then that team supports, supports people. So it's hard to describe how similar they are. So safe to say that your background in coaching has really helped set you up for success, building and leading and, and growing the team at Rhythm. For sure. You know, certainly hiring talent, like you can have a great idea and you can have a great product, but you need to execute and you need to find people that can get it done. And uh, that's very similar when you're recruiting a team. It's like this potential versus performance. You need people that can perform and you need people that are trying to get to a yes, or if they are saying no, they, they can give an alternative to that no. Um, and that's the same in coaching. You got to find players and a staff that have a get it done attitude and have this positive attitude. And, and that's the core of who they are. So, so it's, been, it's been very helpful that I had those 10 or so years of coaching basketball at a, at a high level. Awesome. I also want to ask you just briefly about your entrepreneurial journey and maybe some of the lessons learned so far. I mean, between your experience being one of the early employees at the previous startup that you went on to become CEO of, and obviously now taking the reins uh, as CEO and founder of Rhythm, you know, I guess as you reflect just on the whole entrepreneurial journey so far, like maybe it was one of the, the biggest lessons that you've learned thus far. I mean, you got to stay really close to your beta users, like keep asking questions, keep interviewing keep listening. Like that's the biggest advice I can give to people at this stage of where we are. And then you're going to get a ton of advice and your product will have the ability likely to go a lot of places, which is cool. But this stage, you have to be very targeted and disciplined with staying the course at times. And there's pivoting at times and a fine line for you to figure out when to do either. Like that's where, that's where magic happens is that fine line. And I would say like in the beginning, Again, you've filled with tons of advice, like just stay targeted and kind of block the noise out for a bit. And then when and if you make changes to like to guide the user's behavior, just make them obvious and simple. For example, this like, I mean, we put like a flame to show people alternate betting lines and just putting a little icon up of a flame to direct them quickly to this is the best line available. Very easy to do. Those are things you have to look for those little opportunities in your product and make it super simple. A zillion other lessons um, here in this stage, but those are the ones hopefully can help someone. Awesome. And look, as we've talked about now, all eyes are on NFL here, but if you are able to, and if you have space for it and you have a crystal ball in front of you and you can zoom out five years into the future, looking into it right now, Megan, in sort of your wildest dreams, where's rhythm in five years time? Oh, wildest dreams, five years, like we're a leading global brand for sports betting predictions and we're active across diverse sports and we're collaborating with major leagues and your betting process will start with rhythm. You'll get up, you'll open rhythm and you'll look at, hear what my models are saying. And wildest dreams would bring, instead of you asking like to your buddy, hey, you know, who do you have tonight? It would be, hey, who, who does your model have tonight? And then just Honestly, seeing rhythm, a wild dream is like, um, you know how they have IBM Watson up? I saw that the other day during uh, Wimbledon. And I was like, we can have rhythm. Like IBM Watson predicted the right win, actually. He predicted an upset or it predicted an upset. And I was like, you know, rhythm should be up. 
And that's a wild, that's a dream of mine is to see rhythm, you know, on the broadcast, on, on the Green Monster in Boston as a trusted place to go so people can have an opinion and validate it and be a smart better. Love it. That takes us to my standard closing question, Megan. And I know you know it, but I'll quickly rattle it off here. If you weren't working on rhythm, if you weren't playing or coaching basketball, if you weren't taking, you know, data analytics classes at MIT in a parallel universe, what would you be doing instead? I wish I had something cool to say. <laughs> I really do. But all I know is this. If I was doing something else, it would have to have, like, definitely be competitive and have to be helping others because I love being part of others, their success journey. It's always been just so fun for me to help them, like, be part of that in some possible way. But it would need those two factors, something competitive and so and helping others. But um, nothing super cool to say, Jesse. <laughs> That's okay. There's no wrong answers here, Megan. <laughs> okay. For folks listening that want to get their hands on the product, check it out and or get in touch with yourself. Can you give a quick plug to how they can go about doing all that? Yes. If you have an Android, it's in the Google Play Store. If you have an Apple, it's in the App Store. Um, so you can go there and download Rhythm at R-I-T-H-M-M. You just type that in and it'll pop up and you can download the app. You can also go to our website, R-I-T-H-M-M.com. And we have a web version as well. And it will also help you go to um, if, if you want an app as well. So it's very easy. Like it's free now and it's going to be free for 14 days. And once you subscribe, so you'll have 14 days for you to test out models, see how it works. So go download it. It's super cool. It's oh, We are so excited to bring this out. Awesome. I'll drop links in the show notes to the Rhythm website and the download link in the app stores. But for now, Megan, really want to thank you for joining again during such a crazy time of year for you and the team and really wishing you all the success for the NFL season. Look forward to continuing to follow the story. Thank you so much, Jesse. 